Hello and welcome to season two of the world's most valuable business and technology podcast, Conversations Worth Millions. We'll be delving into hot topics like synthetic media, AI, intelligent automation, voice and chat, as well as Web3. Today, I have a chat with Ruta Slichter, conversation design expert, and we cover off the history of conversation design, the tools and resources, their best use cases, GPT-3, and also a terrible Donald Duck impression. Let's go. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the latest episode of Conversations Worth Millions with me, Roy Murphy, founder of Synthetic Agency. Today, I've got a fascinating guest. It's Wooter, an expert in conversational AI, voice, all good things, digital assistant. Wooter, how you doing? I'm doing very well. Thanks, Roy, for having me. Great. Now, me and Wooten know each other a bit from unnamed projects in the past, back in the OG days of um, of digital assistants and chatbots, back in the way early days of 2017, 2018. Um, I'm sure we can get into that at, at some point during the chat today, Wooten. But first question I'd like to ask you is, how did you get into the whole conversational AI space? What was your route in? Yeah, it was to be honest, it was kind of a coincidence because um, I was teaching uh, English and Dutch in Vietnam at that time. Uh, I've been doing that for a few years and it was getting boring and I was looking for something else to do. Uh, uh, so I was looking at uh, being a digital nomad like a lot of people here. Um, and that was exactly at the time that Facebook opened up its API for uh, for for conversational AI for 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 chatbots. Um, and the moment I became aware of that, I was immediately struck by 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 how cool that was. Um, so I jumped into it. Um, yeah, I'm a neurodiverse person, so that means if I get into something, I really get into it. It's like hyper focus, uh, and that happened. And uh, uh, I taught myself how to build these chatbots uh, really quickly. Uh, I uh, yeah found out that I have kind of a talent for the conversational copywriting. Um, and very quickly, I also got some clients in New Zealand, uh, worked uh, with you and uh, also in the Netherlands and and some other countries. So that, uh, that's that's how it got started. And then, uh, yeah, but there, I have never looked back at uh, it's the, the, the best career I ever had. Yeah, it's a fascinating space. And presumably not to get in, stuck into it at this point, but presumably being multilingual is helpful now in, in terms of to find that useful in terms of understanding how conversation works? Absolutely, absolutely. And it's also something that um, I found very interesting over the last five years that I've worked in this space, um, that uh, a lot of companies and, and people start conversational AI strictly from a technical perspective, um, from a cost savings perspective, whereas I jumped into it from a linguistic and, 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 and like a, making an engagement with, with the client. And that's that kind of... Uh, interaction to me is um, is, is the, the most interesting thing about conversational AI. Um, so yeah, I, I speak uh, six languages by now. Uh, one of them is Vietnamese. Um, and um, I think uh, that uh, that helps to understand the, intric- yeah, the in- intricacies of, 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 of language in general. So I'm listening to tones and structures sometimes rather than to actual words. Um, and that helps when you're crafting conversations because that is actually something that goes through the belly rather than through, through the head a lot. Through the belly, not through the head. I like it. I might use that. That's pretty good. Um, so going back a few years then to, to where I think a lot of people in the space 
got their start back when when Facebook Messenger opened up uh, as API maybe five six years ago. Um, so give us a quick whistle stop tour since then. What what's the what are the key kind of tenets of of how conversations move forward from those early days of if it really being Messenger alone? Right. Um... Yeah. Uh, so Messenger was the uh, the yeah the, the the what is it the um, catalyst really that that started a lot. But then uh, very quickly when uh, uh, enterprise moved in, um, that wasn't an option for a number of reasons: the lack of control, uh, privacy issues, etc. So then uh, very quickly they started developing uh, their own widgets for for web and uh, for apps. Um, and uh, WhatsApp became more interesting. Uh, we saw SMS pick up as well. Uh, and then, yeah, a lot of other channels, obviously. So that, that's one thing that, that changed really quickly. And I think uh, in the early days, there were a lot of uh, small and medium-sized businesses who were running sales and marketing campaigns on, on, on those Facebook uh, uh, bots, which worked really well uh, if you combined it with Facebook ads. Um, you know, people could just click on a, an ad and would immediately get a message from the chatbot um, who in the early days could also follow up on that a day or a few days later uh, to keep the conversation going. So that was great for sales. But um, for enterprise, that was not the most interesting use case. And it, it really switched to more of a, a contact center solution uh, where uh, uh, chatbots became smart, uh, NLP supported um, and uh, actually were able to answer a wide range of questions um, to uh, take away traffic from the call center um, and and that was a huge is and and will remain for the for the future i'm sure a big cost saving uh, uh, proposition for for enterprise sure yeah well, i guess um not not being a, a downer on, on facebook or meta but i guess the privacy and security concerns maybe that have come out of the last few years and and the people's realization and, and businesses realization of you know that's a big part of of you know people's data and where it's being kept and how it's being used um it's probably more of an issue than it was right yes yes it, um, i think it's always been an issue in europe and and, and it will always uh, be that way i think europe is in the forefront of uh, you know protecting the privacy of citizens and i think it's really important uh, and especially in conversational ai when the uh, the bonding that takes place between a um, an entity in this case a, a conversational agent that uh, uh, has the characteristics of a human through speech or, or text language like natural language uh, that bonding with with a, a user is much uh, uh, more intense than with a, a traditional media like a website or, or an app. In terms of the, the last couple of years, what are a few of your favorite conversational experiences that either you've worked on or you've seen out in the wild? Right. Um, I think uh, one of the best in the Netherlands is a, a, a voice assistant that was or voice uh, uh, action that was built for the Donald Duck uh, um, magazine uh, here by a, a Dutch company. And uh, they basically incorporated both uh, the uh, the voice of Google Assistant and uh, a pre-recorded voice of, of someone impersonating Donald Duck, uh, and uh, it was an, an app for children to uh, really like interact with Donald Duck and and, and get uh, some answers from him on on uh, general topics and, and play some some basic games. Um, but that was done in such a, a great way, uh, very 
very very successfully tailored to that age level and, and group um that um yeah that that, that was really a, a great a great voice experience well you know and you know, um, can, you know sorry you know what i can do a donald duck impression do you want to hear it yeah i would love to yeah okay it's not a commercial thing i do obviously it's just just for this podcast if I if I wasn't looking at you on the screen right now, I, I would have thought this was actually Donald Duck. <laughs> I, I might contact the company in the Netherlands, put it in the show notes, and I'll give them a shout. Um, and <laughs> yeah, yeah. so, okay, that brings up an interesting question, though, which I, that, that's fascinating because back when we started, you know, in a few years back in the conversational space, these um, experiences tailored around personalities were, were quite big. Um, we did one. Uh, uh, some pop star um, celebrity bots that were very successful at the time. Um, but my question really is, so things have moved forward in this whole um, AI space, conversational being a, a, a big component part of it. Deep fakes have now come to the forefront. Generative AI is in place, synthetic media. So where do you sit on the, is it a bot, a real person, or are we are we being honest enough with our users so they understand who they're talking to? What, what, what's your thoughts on that? Uh, for me, that's a, a, a no-brainer, really. Uh, I think an AI should always introduce itself as an AI and should be recognizable as an AI um, by the user. You cannot have an um, experience where the user is not sure whether it's talking to a, a real human or to a, a chatbot or or, a, or or any kind of uh, um, synthetic a agent, because I think that's immoral and uh, it might lead to people behaving in a way that, that they might not want to behave uh, towards this, uh, this 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 experience so yeah always introduce the ai as as an ai but it does need of course the human characteristics that allow you to uh, converse in a in, in natural language um, and to make it um, yeah um, relate to the brand values really in the brand language um, and that in itself, I think, is something that is still in the early days of development. And like, how do we make an, an agent that is exactly um, on the right sweet spot of being not too human, but human enough to uh, engage customers in a, in a, in a, in a very friendly and, and, uh, and positive way? Um, and I think if, if the companies that hit that sweet spot um, they will be extremely successful, I think, in uh, in uh, in retention ex uh, and, and and brand uh, engagement. Sure, so that's interesting. So we've got Donald Duck, and anything anything that's that you've seen that you think, wow, that's a that's a return on investment. That's an amazing experience. Any any thoughts on something more enterprisey or? Yes, well, it, to be honest, uh, most of the cost savings uh, in terms of uh, you know uh, enterprise uh, are, are in the contact center. Uh, so, so that's like you know, if you're talking money uh, and return on investment, then then I think that's the number one use case for conversational AI. Um, you know, at, 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 at the average phone call for a Western company, uh, I think costs them uh, between ten and fifteen dollars. Uh, so, if a chatbot can only just answer. 100 questions a day it already uh, leads to savings of a uh, thousand to fifteen hundred dollars mm -hmm. a, a day um and yeah again the 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 other part the the branding the engagement part um, um through conversational ai i think is is 
possibly even more valuable, except that it's very hard to quantify that value, uh, which is, I think, the main reason why it's not being picked up as much as you would expect, as I would expect. Um, but uh, I'm hoping that in the future, companies will, will start to see how much impact that can have uh, to to um, converse with their clients in an engaging and and uh, and um, yeah positive brand branded way through conversational AI. Sure. So bots have gotten better. Is that a fair statement? Yes, absolutely. Um, we've uh, yeah we've we, we've left the um, the valley of uh, disappointment. Right. Um, yeah. We are uh, getting more realistic on uh, what conversational AI can and cannot do. Um, there are a lot of professionals who have, uh, like me, who have jumped into this space uh, not knowing anything or not much about it and uh, have learned a lot over the years. So there's definitely a professionalization taking place, um, which is great to see. Um, and um, yeah, I think though the real uh, leap forward that we still need to see is the incorporation of conversational AI in the enterprise strategy, because right now it's usually just a project run by a couple of managers uh, who, who have a vision. Uh, but uh, from what I've seen, there aren't many CEOs who really understand how powerful conversational AI is or can be for their company. And that uh, as a result, the, it's not part of the, the bigger strategy and it remains this kind of obscure, relatively small project um, that might grow into something, but isn't really that important to the uh, company yet. Uh, and that's that's lost potential because actually I think the uh, um, the means are there, the technology is there, the, the skill sets are, is there. Uh, so um, there's really, I think it's really the, the board level uh, that is uh, at this moment uh, keeping conversational AI from reaching its potential. Interesting. So conversation AI, for anyone listening, uh, the basic use or the base use case is what we'd all expect a chatbot to be, just text. But of course, you know, in, in the corner of a website pops up, you answer it, answers questions, has buttons, and you can interact with it. That's the kind of standard use case. Um, of course, there's also voice and invisible interfaces. So do you consider text-based conversational AI and voice the same thing, or are they completely separate? I think they are completely separate. Um, and uh, the reason is that these experiences are um, um, a completely different way of interacting. Um, like Even though the, the, the language... Uh, may seem the same on paper. If you're actually speaking it out, you end up using different language um, and you're expecting different answers also. Um, so uh, to, very often you see that the companies who try to use their chat assistant in a voice environment without making much uh, adaptations uh, end up with very uh, low um, adoption rates because it's just not tailored to, uh, to that uh, medium. So I, I always advise uh, clients to make uh, separate agents for the voice and the chat experience. Hmm. Yeah, interesting. They're, they are very different. I, I agree. Um, some people see them as subsets and some are completely separate. I, I see them under as the whole conversation, AI umbrella, but they are very different. Um, any good voice experiences you can point to? Are there any of you worked on or seen out in the wild? Well, the one I, uh, I mentioned earlier, the Donald Duck in the Netherlands, 
Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I, yeah, um, there was a uh, voice and text bot m- made by a, a cookie company in in uh, the US. And I must admit, I forgot the name. I think it was something like Cookie Dough. Um, I would have to look it up. But uh, they had an actual avatar, uh, like a, a live person uh, who uh, yeah, pretended to be the assistant who would help you bake cookies. Um, and uh, that was like actually really great. It was well done. I like a cookie. That sounds great. I'm going to look it up. Um, okay. So for those who don't maybe know, how, so how do you create a conversational AI assistant? What are the steps? Um Right. Well, that, 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 that could be a very long answer, <laughs> but I'll try to keep it brief. Um, I think everything starts uh, with having uh, everyone aligned on a strategy, right, and a vision. So you need to know that everyone from a board level to uh, the team that is implementing it are all on the same page, and what is needed and, and what the, also uh, the user is expecting. Uh, from this chatbot uh, so this alignment phase i think uh, should uh, never be rushed it should be very carefully um, crafted and, and, and discussed um, so that everyone's on the same page because especially if there are people who are not completely convinced you'll see that they'll uh, um, build uh, hur- hurdles um, along the way they might not uh, agree with parts and you have to fight for uh, for some space for the project uh, um, and that is uh, that that could cause serious delays and also uh, um, yeah all kinds of uh, of problems on the road so yeah that that's the first phase and then the second phase uh, would be to define the use case and um, still uh, companies often make the mistake of wanting everything at once which is not a great idea so make sure you limit your use case make it as small as possible at the start uh, go live as early as possible so that you can use the input from real users uh, to make your model better. Um, we call that kind of conversation-driven development. Um, and yeah, so that's 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 when you're already live, and then you're you're slowly building your assistant bit by bit. Uh, you know, exploring uh, opportunities with uh, the business units maybe in your enterprise. Uh, and uh, make sure that you use the uh, the, um, the subject matter experts uh, to uh, advise you on the, the best possible answers and the best possible conversations uh, um, uh, that the chatbot should uh, should be able to have. Um, yeah, that design process is very important because you also want to know that whatever your your chatbot's offering is fits with what the customer is expecting. Mm-hmm. Um, now I've seen large corporations start at building their chatbots, even putting it live before they ever even did any kind of research uh, uh, with their customers, uh, which is, uh, to me, rather surprising because uh, yeah, I'm the kind of person who's always thinking, okay, how, how might the user, uh, um, how might the, the user um, uh, feel about this experience and, and always trying to make it as best as possible in that way. So yeah, to just to do that, to, to not even think about the customer in the, like the first year or so of your implementation, that's uh, that's not something I would advise. You know, you take the customers along, maybe even build a small panel of uh, um, champion users um, who uh, you're going to sit down with maybe every week or every month. Um, and, and and make sure you build the chatbot with them and not just for them. Mm-hmm. Interesting. 
yeah, I guess it's as always start small, pilot, test and learn, continue what works, kill what doesn't. Right, it's pretty standard innovation work, right? But it, you know, there's some, yeah. some, some very strong outputs. Okay, so and what's what sort of tooling? What sort of what sort of things? There's lots of different ways of taking it, and I know it, it depends on you know whether you're on a certain framework or not, and what your your tech stack is currently. But give us an idea of some of the tooling or some of the, some of the things you use to to create uh, chat or voice experiences. Yeah, good question. Um, there is a lot in the market right now, and um, I'm hearing from different sides that uh, there is uh, maybe this might be the uh, the, the the time. In, in, in conversational AI history where we have the most platforms because we're probably going to see a consolidation in the next few years, yeah. um, which means it's even more important than ever to pick the right one because if you pick the wrong one, it might go uh, bankrupt or might be taken over or, or merging uh, with another one in a few years. And okay. So yeah, uh, with the, some of the tools that I've used are uh, ManyChat and ChatFuel at the beginning, which are more like a rule-based kind of uh, um, chatbots and then we, I would uh, couple that with uh, dialogue flow for the uh, the smart NLU natural language processing uh, a bit um and uh, but those have limitations and the most important limitation is that it's only for Facebook Messenger really mm -hmm. um so if you want to build an omni-channel solution uh, serve your customer on multiple channels then uh, you're quickly looking at more complex uh, platforms um some of the big ones now in my uh, opinion are uh, Cognigy um one reach one reach .ai, um and uh, core.ai has always been uh, at the front uh, there's a lot of talk about amelia as well um, i've worked with that platform for a while at a client and um, i'm a bit critical on that i uh, i think they have great marketing amelia but uh, not necessarily uh, the best uh, platform uh, for uh, for enterprise use um maybe one that i want to uh, um, talk about specifically is, is OneReach.ai. Um, I've had the privilege of uh, being on a call with uh, Rob Wilson, the founder himself, who uh, showed me uh, the platform. Uh, and right now they're really limiting uh, the use of a platform to uh, only uh, their, uh, their, their clients. So there's no free tier, which means that it's not really picking up the traction that maybe other platforms might get. Mm -hmm. But actually what's, what's under uh the hood what's in their platform is really uh powerful they are building not just a, a natural language pro processing platform but actually natural language processing is just one part of a big automation platform that they're using to automate everything in a company so for example you could uh, use a chatbot to uh, um, drag and drop connected to any api in your company uh, and anyone can do that in a company because the interface has been built in such a way that developers can create a snippet of code and the user in the company can take simply take that snippet of code and implement it in an automation anywhere in uh, in the platform. Um, so, yeah, it's a very, very old encompassing uh, solution for, for automation uh, that's, uh, that's, that's really low code or no code. Um, so I, I'm seeing a lot of potential there. Yeah, it's very, it's very, very popular. The whole, the whole low no code um, movement, if you like. I see a lot of a lot of big yeah. enterprises moving that direction too. Um, so, uh, any thoughts on the on some of the the, the major platforms, like the Microsofts, Oracles, and and that kind of stuff? You much experience in those? 
Yeah, I worked uh, with Oracle Digital Assistant. I think it was on a project uh, uh, with you, actually, Roy. And um, uh, I really love that platform at that time. Uh, it's challenging to work with because at that time, anyway, well, because they had their own markup language uh, that uh, we had to learn. Um, but uh, it, it's it's great in terms of functionality. Uh, you know, it's got a lot uh, in it. And uh, um, now I think they have uh, a visual flow builder as well, which means you can build your own conversations quite easily uh, without uh, the need for markup language or code. So yeah, it's a, it's a great platform. Same actually goes for, I think, Microsoft and, uh, and, and, and uh, Google uh, and IBM Watson, uh, which are great platforms, uh, except that um, they do not function at their best if you're using tools that are not in their own cloud. Um, so if you are working with one of those big tech companies as your uh, uh, cloud provider, then it makes sense to use them. Um, if you're not tied to one of them, I would probably advise to look at one of the you know, conversation, like the, the, the platforms that are really focusing on conversational AI as their unique selling point, because they tend to be a little bit further ahead, a little bit more user-friendly. Um, at least that's uh, that's my experience so far. Sure. I think it's horse to the course, isn't it? Depends on what you're trying to do. So if you're if true. you're a business, um, and again, it could be a bit of a large business, if you want to dip yeah. your toe in the water, some of the, the ones previously mentioned are a good starting point. Um, yep. uh, and like you say, depending on your tech stack and and where you sit as a business, it may be that it might be easier for you to to tool alongside the larger big tech companies because you're in their cloud anyway. So lots yep. of choice, I guess, is what, what I'm saying, which is great because obviously there's yeah, true, 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 and uh, and 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 yeah. So that's that's a uh, one reason why you really need to take advice from people who have experience with multiple platforms um, rather than trying to. Uh, uh, you know, make your own analysis uh, if you haven't really worked in the, the space before. I, I, I've seen that happen before and then right. too often the, the wrong decision is made and that has real long-lasting uh, implications, of course, for your uh, product. Yeah, it can have repercussions. Okay, so in terms of, of conversational then, we're, we're, for us who've been in the game for a while, it feels like we're quite mature, but for lots of businesses and lots of users, actually, it's still quite early. So where where do you see the next... 18 months to two years what do you think are the are the, the the big peaks what's coming down the pipeline if you like what what are you what are you seeing mm, that's a good question uh, of course uh, we've been hearing a lot about the gpt3 and a chat gp3 model mm. um so a lot of people are jumping on that um and uh, there's a great potential there but um i don't think it's ready yet at this time for a uh, uh, um, you know customer face uh, production um so um they it's very interesting though uh, in applications where there's a human in the loop because you need that human check still um uh, before you can actually use it um um, um yeah and customer facing um so for example uh chat gpt could be great for giving prompts to customer service employees who are who are working chat um and then the AI could pick up the question from the, the, the customer or the user and immediately return a prompt uh, sourced from the internal database uh, with all the the, the, the the complete answer, basically, that this customer is looking for. Um, and then the customer service agent only really has to check whether or not everything is correct. And uh, and it can click a button and it will, the answer will be right there. So maybe limiting their time 
to answer a question from uh, two minutes to uh, to 30 seconds. Uh, so I think, yeah, that's really interesting. Uh, it's great for ideation. So uh, if you have some ideas or thoughts that you might want to uh, run against someone and see if you're if you're thinking in the right direction, I think that's really interesting. Um, and also for um, creating new uh, utterances for for existing intents or new intents, you could ask uh, ChatGPT to to create like twenty ways to say I need a new credit card, mm-hmm. um, and it, it will be right there for you. So that is uh, something that we're going to see, I think, in the next uh, year or so. Actually, I've seen some platforms already implement this kind of functionality right now in their backend. Uh, so that's great stuff. Um, then when it comes to voice, I think there are going to be a lot of interesting changes because last year we've seen that, uh, uh Google assistant has, um, uh, decided not, no longer to accept, uh, uh third party made actions on their platform. So it's going to be strictly managed by, by, by Google, what happens on there. Um, and that means that for voice, uh, uh companies will have to create their own uh not only their 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 own agents but also their own technology really um so yeah that's that's going to be interesting and i i think for some companies it might make a lot of sense to do that and for others not so much but it means that if you choose cho- if you choose to work with voice that is going to take a considerable investment not just in the agent but also in uh, building the the tech and the 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 um, the space uh, around it really yeah sure um yeah, so that, that that's something i personally find really interesting yeah it's fascinating you know I, I see it as a convergence of all those different technologies because you're right there's i think the, I think the chat gpt it's fascinating I'm, i've spent so much time on it over the last <laughs> month it's, it's literally the my favorite tool right. <laughs> right you know it really is I mean, it, it could be all things to all people it really is it, i think it's a, a bit of a game changer a bit of a a fundamental shift actually but you're right the use cases are are for the practical business are early but i think within within conversational i think you're absolutely right that the, the prompt generation and the ideation is that is the and the utterances are where it's at not necessarily the answers because you know it isn't although there's a, a big conversation about you know is it going to replace google and should google be scared yes they should because it's fascinating and we've got gpt4 on the roadmap too coming out this year which again may be you know may well be a another level above where it was previously from gpt2 and so on so i i think it's a fascinating uh, a fascinating question the voice thing's interesting as well though because like i said on one side you've got all this amazing kind of consumer interest uh, early consumer interest in in the the gpt kind of field and the um, generative ai and on the other side you've got you know alexa and google in particular not reducing their their um their their push to, to voice but I've gone to market very quickly over the last few years, saturated quite quickly the consumer side, and then kind of pulled back a little bit. So I think the enterprise is, is probably where it's where it's coming next, uh, even more so because I, I do think that it's um, they've done a great job of getting voice out into the market, and now they seem to be kind of refocusing a little bit and letting letting there be I think space for others to to kind of uh, hopefully take over and do more more interesting work, which helps all of us, right? Um, yeah, okay, yeah so... sure. And and I think we're going to see a lot of uh, implementations also on the uh, internal side of uh, with companies. So right now, it's a lot of it is focused on the uh, the external uh, customer facing side of uh, of conversational AI. But uh, yeah, like HR, uh, logistics. Uh, there's a lot of use cases there for conversational, and I think we're going to see a lot of that in the next few years. Cool, exciting place to be. So, what 
what sort of things are you working on? Muta? I'm sure, I, I know you, you're working on some, probably some things you can't talk about, but what sort of, what sort of areas are you focusing on currently in the next few months? Yeah. Um, so I'm, uh, I'm no, in all honesty, I'm, uh, I'm open for work. <laughs> so I don't uh, have a lot going on at the moment, which is also great because it, uh, yeah, allows me to uh, to 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 refocus. And um, one of the things that uh, I've recently um, realized for myself is that uh, when when I started, when we started, uh, I was working mostly on small, medium-sized businesses, which were mostly the marketing and uh, and and sales kind of use cases. Uh, and then in the last two years, I've been working enterprise uh, with a contact center most of the time um, uh, use cases. And um, I think it's both very interesting. Um, and uh, the uh, I hope that in the future I will be able to work on both sorts of projects. So both work that political and and strategic uh, um, field that you see in um, in enterprise, um, and uh, of course the uh, the very complex uh, implementations that you see there sometimes uh, with with yeah that that's really in intellectually interesting and then the the marketing and sales use case i think are great because there is that that's where you really get the level of engagement um, um, with clients that i think all chatbots should eventually be be capable of um so that that is really fascinating to me as a as a use case and that's mostly the, the small medium-sized businesses who are running those kinds of uh, um, projects Great. And where can people um, find you on, on the internet? I'm on LinkedIn. So uh, Wouter Slichter, that's uh, W-O-U-T-E-R, uh, Slichter. Uh, yeah, just uh, find me there. And uh, I always uh, accept and uh, answer questions. So please do connect. Amazing stuff. Well, Wouter, thanks very much for joining us on Conversations Worth Millions. Some fascinating updates where things are on Conversational Voice, GPT-3 and 4 possibly covered a lot in the last 30 minutes i hope everyone's found it useful uh, and engaging and we'll see you next time thanks Musa. thank you Roy. bye bye thanks for listening to this episode of conversations worth millions with me roy murphy founder of the digital innovation agency synthetic we work with brands on strategy innovation and design sprints mvps and prototypes all the way to full transformation projects on the web, in apps, and on Web3. We love talking about chatbots, AI, automation, the metaverse, and how emerging tech can drive business for you. Find us over at syntheticagency.co.